Welcome to the Experience Starter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. In this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Victoria Velasquez. Victoria is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and she and I recently connected to talk more about her background, how she decided to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, as well as some of her extracurricular engagements, including the consulting club and serving as a second year coach. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Victoria Velasquez. Victoria, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brett. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here today. Great to have you here. Um, How's everything going? How are you doing? Everything is going well. I will say it is very busy time of year right now. Um, Everybody talks about how second year is the best year, and it has been the best year in a lot of ways so far, but it's also been the busiest year, if you can believe it or not. Um, So right now, I'm I'm kind of just counting down the days until the end of the quarter, trying to stay afloat, but I'm just super excited to be back here in Charlottesville and with my classmates again. Well, what's keeping you so busy here as as you get started in your second year? Yeah, that's a great question and one that I often get because I think most second years are probably not in my shoes right now. Um, So this year I'm serving as the president of the consulting club. Um, And so the consulting club is, um, I think, our our biggest student club on on grounds. And we've got about, I think, 260 first years who signed up for our club. So thinking about that, the the class size of of 350, um, we are serving a lot of the the first year students as well as a lot of second year students who are also going through recruiting right now for full-time consulting positions. And so um, it's a busy time of year in the sense that we're doing a lot of our educational activities and and sessions right now with the Career Center to make sure that all of these incoming first year, current first years, uh, have a good understanding of what the consulting industry is, what recruiting for consulting looks like at Darden, how the consulting club will help them throughout their journey. Um, So it's been a lot of those, those sessions, but then also in the background, we're planning for two big events that our club puts on every year. The first is our consulting conference, which is about a 200-person event where we bring together firm representatives and students in the first-year class for a nice sit-down dinner, a lot of networking events. We have panel sessions to teach students more about what it's like to be a consultant at these different firms and what it looks like to progress in your career at these firms and what these firms are doing from a DEI perspective. And so it's a lot of educational components, a lot of networking components, and it's a big two-day event coming up at the end of September. Um, And then later in in fall break, we'll have our case camp event, which is internal to Darden, uh, but it takes takes place over fall break. And and we bring together everyone who's interested in recruiting for consulting and teach them the the Darden way of of conquering the case interviews. So it's a a lot going on right now. Yeah, I would say so. I feel a little bit tired after hearing what you just described. That's a ton uh, to be doing. That's not even mentioning the seven classes that I'm in right now this quarter. So, (laughs) okay, you might be the busiest person at Darden. I think. I think we found. I think we found that person. So, um, tell us. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit more about your background. We'll get back into the consulting club. So for our listeners who are intrigued about that, don't worry, we'll come back around to it. But before we get there, tell us a little bit more about you, Victoria. Yeah. So um, I think a big part of who I am is defined by where I come from. So I'm born and raised in Southern California. I come from a large Mexican-American family, and I'm the first person um, in our family to be able to attend a four-year college. And so um, for me, I've been very uh, appreciative and grateful for all of the sacrifices that my parents have made and all of the investment that they put into my education to make sure that I had the opportunity to pursue a good education. Um, so I, I went 
went from Southern California to Notre Dame, Indiana, where I went to the University of Notre Dame. Um, being a SoCal girl, had never really seen snowfall before. And my first year at Notre Dame, we had a polar vortex winter. It got down to negative 44 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so that was a bit of a, a culture shock. Um, but when I got to Notre Dame, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, you know, I, because I came from a first uh, gen college background, I kind of just had a few careers in mind. I kind of thought, you know, I'll do what I see on TV. I'll be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and I never really knew what it meant to be a business person. Uh, so that wasn't something that I was really interested in. But I went to Notre Dame, was pre-med at first. And like many of my classmates at Notre Dame, uh, pre-med turned to, to business school um, because many of us kind of realized we don't really love what we we're studying in pre-med. And we we're just kind of on the doctor track because that's what our parents wanted us to do. Uh, and so when I, I joined the undergraduate business program at Notre Dame, I had to figure out what did I want to major in. And I knew I didn't really love the finance classes I had taken, didn't really love accounting. Marketing was interesting, but I didn't really see myself working in marketing. And so that left one major that, you know, kind of didn't cross out. And it was the management consulting major. Um, I had no clue what management consulting was at the time, but chose the major because I, I liked the classes that we did in our introductory business classes. And lo and behold, you know, many years later, I have not only now had a five-year career in management consulting, I spent my summer in consulting um, here at Darden, and we'll be going back into consulting post MBA and also, as we mentioned, right, serving as the president of the consulting club. Um, so I, I think one thing that I'm just really fortunate about is the work ethic that my parents instilled in me and the the way in which our family has had to problem solve throughout our lives to, you know, kind of get by through, you know, difficult situations or maybe different life circumstances. I think it's really instilled in me just an innate ability to be a problem solver and to work really hard and, and to just want to take on these complex challenges. And um, I think that's what has enabled me to really thrive and, and find a passion in, in the consulting field. Where did you go after Notre Dame? You mentioned spending five years in the consulting industry. Where'd you land? Yeah, I went to Booth Allen Hamilton in Washington, D.C. Um, I spent two years working there. And then my boss at Booth Allen had left and started his own consulting firm. And he gave me a call one afternoon and, and asked if I would be interested in joining. And it was a huge risk at that point in my life. I, I kind of knew I was lucky enough that, you know, I was a, a single person. I had enough in, in my savings account, didn't have any dependents um, and could kind of take that big risk and figured, you know, if the startup fails, well, then I'll just probably apply to business school sooner than I had thought and, or some sort of graduate school, maybe not business school. Um, and I joined that startup as employee number two on the consulting team, um, spent three years working there, wore a bunch of different hats, did everything from the normal client delivery stuff that I was doing at the big firm I was working at before, but also doing a lot of behind the scenes work, helping to write proposals and sell work to clients and trying to grow a business that was born right before the pandemic through, you know, this just crazy situation um, and, and through that, I really found my, my passion for consulting because I got to see what it looked like, not only from that kind of post-MBA or post-undergrad role of being in that client delivery role, but also thinking longer term to being in a more senior leadership position. What is it going to look like when I'm pulling back from some of that client delivery to really think more about how we're going to grow this business and how we're going to build out teams to make sure that we have the right blend of skills to, to effectively deliver our work to our clients. So a lot of a lot of responsibility and a lot of a lot of things to focus on in that role. It was it was um it was definitely a challenging role. I mean it was 
one of the most fulfilling jobs I've ever had. And I'm so grateful that my boss gave me the opportunity. And and I always tell him like, thank you so much for taking a chance on me and, and you know, selecting me to come join you in this new venture. And he's always like, no, thank you for taking the risk. Like you had no clue if this was going to survive. And um, it, it's just, it was such an exciting journey. Um, the company recently celebrated its five-year anniversary in August. And um, they're having a, a big celebration party this upcoming October. So they invited me to go out to DC for that. So I'm going to go down for the weekend and, and celebrate. And um, it's just always exciting to like see how much the company's grown from when I first joined. I was in a tiny little WeWork space with my my boss, the, the co-founder of the company. It was just the two of us in an office. Um, and when I left, we had grown to about 20 full-time employees and had been acquired by one of our first clients. Wow. That's a lot of growth in a relatively short period of time. Con- congratulations. I, I'm glad that you're going to be able to go to that celebration. It sounds like you were instrumental in help getting it off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, um, it, it's just an, a tremendous opportunity that I had. And um, I learned so much in such a, a short amount of time. Um, but I, I think what I'm most grateful for, not only did I learn from like a skills perspective, how to be a consultant, um, but more importantly, I learned like what I was passionate about and what really drove me. And there were days on that job where I was working really long hours, like especially through the pandemic, there were stretches where I was working on a client project that had me working on holidays and weekends and basically from like 7am until like 9pm. And it was intense, but I, I loved it. Like I still as tiring and exhausting as it was, like it didn't feel like work. It was something that I was passionate about. It was a problem that we were solving. That was just something um, dear to my heart and was important to serve that mission. And um, I think being able to find something like that where, yeah, it's great. I can make a lot of money doing this job, but also I, I know I'm going to be spending most of my adult waking life, you know, in this profession and in this job. And to know that it brings me such such joy and energy despite the the hard work, um, I think is, is something really important that unfortunately not everybody gets to, to have in, in their careers. So I feel really fortunate about that. Well, how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? Is it something that you had thought about for a while? So it wasn't. Um, when I was in college, I actually, I took the LSAT. Um, I thought, you know, maybe I want to go that the law school path. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I think during COVID and, and working at a, a startup, I kind of started to realize, okay, I actually see myself being in consulting long-term. This isn't going to just be the stepping stone to something else in my life. And I started doing a little bit more research, trying to figure out okay, what are most partners and consulting firms, what is their background? Um, the the startup firm that I was working at, it's called Symmetry, by the way. Um, at Symmetry, most of our senior leaders there um, had MPP backgrounds, so Masters of Public Policy, uh, because we did a lot of work with governments and or the federal government. And so they had policy specializations in the particular area of government where we were supporting. Um, and I, I didn't, I wasn't really passionate about that policy area. It wasn't something that I wanted to do long-term. And I also just didn't really know like what policy area I was passionate about. Um, so I, I started doing some research saying, what are general management consultants, general strategy consultants, like what are the accolades and the, the degrees that they have? And Pretty much you look at every single major consulting firm's website and everybody on that website has an MBA. And so that's when I started to realize, okay, this is time for me to start pursuing, thinking about the MBA process. 
I got really lucky in that I was scrolling LinkedIn one day and saw somebody in my network had joined Management Leadership for Tomorrow, MLT, um, which is a nonprofit organization that's focused on uh, getting more Black and Hispanic and Indigenous individuals into business school and into management positions longer term. Um, So I applied to MLT, not really knowing like what to expect with the program, uh, but that really was a critical um, part of my MBA application journey and was a really great program to help me figure out what I was looking for in a business school um, and helped me be the most competitive applicant that I could be um, and ultimately helped me figure out, you know, what, as I'm making my decision, like what is going to be important to me. I had kind of a set of criteria, a scoring matrix to help me figure out, you know, what is the, the best long-term decision for me, not just the best two-year decision for me. I love that. You got a matrix. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Had a, a full Excel workbook. <laughs> well, how'd you get interested in Darden specifically? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so I one of the first info sessions that I went to um, as I was exploring business school, and again, this was through COVID, so everything was on Zoom, but it was a Darden info session and Haley from the admissions office um, said something during the the presentation that basically, I mean, I'm not quoting her exactly, but the essence of it was, um, you know, when you choose to come to Darden, it's not just going to be like a two-year decision. Like you're choosing to join this community for a lifetime and you're going to be part of this network, this Darden and broader UVA network for the rest of your life. And a big part of like what I kept saying when I was thinking about what what type of business school do I want to go to? I kept saying, I want something like what I had at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, if you know anybody who went to Notre Dame, like it is a very passionate community that I can travel anywhere in the world and see somebody with a Notre Dame hat or bag or something and, and say hi to them and we can strike up a conversation and to the point where I've I was in London one time and, and met somebody who had gone to Notre Dame and um, she invited me over for dinner and and invited me in, in with her, her family to have a meal. Um, and so just that that network of knowing that no matter, you know, how different your lives may be, no matter, you know, where in the world you are, somebody has that connection and that tie and is willing to really bring you in and, and help you. Um, I knew that was critical to my decision-making journey. And so as I was interacting with different business schools, uh, different alums, different current students. Darden just really symbolized that strength of that community and and really showed me that I was going to have that network long-term. And I'll give you an example. Um, I uh, ended up applying very last minute to start in, not because I wasn't interested in applying, but because I, I apply, I had to apply earlier than I anticipated for an upcoming fellowship deadline. And so I basically had maybe like three to five days to pull together my application. And I stayed up really late until like 3 a.m. writing my essays one day. And I sent them to somebody who I had previously connected with um, throughout the application process. He was also a Notre Dame alum, was at Darden. And he woke up that morning, like only a few hours had lapsed from like when he woke up to when I sent him those essays. He spent time before class going through in detail and offering me feedback and helping me get those essays finalized so that I could submit my application in in just a a few days. And seeing, I I never, I didn't find that support from like anyone else that I had connected with at other schools. And just seeing that somebody who I had never met, somebody who, you know, really doesn't have like any vested interest in in me getting into Darden, um, just took so much time to like work with me to make sure that I was prepared and felt confident pressing that submit button. Um, and I, so I just knew, again, 
going back to my identity as a first-gen college student, being a Hispanic woman in the consulting field, knowing I want to be partner one day, I wanted that support in that community that would advocate for me throughout my career, that would be there just like a phone call away when I'm facing a difficult challenge in my career and need somebody to talk to. And I really do believe that that Darden, um, the alumni community and, and just the network here really provides that. Those are both, those are great stories. Um, and uh, that personal connection, you know, Darden is a place, you know, not a huge business school, you know, 335 or so students per matriculated full-time MBA class. It feels personal, right? You're not just a, not just somebody, you're your actual person as you go through this, you get to know your classmates, faculty, staff, all of this. It's very much a community. It is. And um, you're reminded of it every single day. I There's not a single day that I'm on grounds at Darden that I don't run into a professor that I stop and talk to, somebody in admissions that I stop and talk to, somebody in the career center, um, the the people who serve us in the dining hall and to clean the bathrooms. Like there's just so many people that are part of the Darden community that really feel like family. And I know this sounds cheesy, but it is just so nice to know that you have that, that support and that network and that there's always somebody that you can talk to and, and turn to, to help you through, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. Maybe it's just a celebration. Yesterday when I was at cold call, it was seeing a professor from my first quarter of, of Darden. And she came up and hugged me and congratulated me on, on a recent accomplishment. And, um, you know, it was running into the the um, lady who works in, in Cafe 67 in the bathroom the other day and, and just talking with her in the bathroom and, and catching up to see how she was doing. Um, it's just really nice to know that there's always somebody there to, to talk to and, and to support you. And for our listeners who are wondering what cold call is, that's a social event that typically happens on, on Thursday evenings because uh, at Darden, students don't typically have Friday class. So Thursday is what's known as Darden Friday. I have that right, Victoria? That is completely accurate, Brett. And last night was a, a fun cold call. It was um, the Hispanic American Network at Darden Hand was sponsoring cold call. And so um, they had um, tacos from a local Mexican restaurant here um, serving food. And then um, it was supposed to be like a quinceanera type of celebration, which is um Basically, when a woman turns 15 years old, she's kind of welcomed into adulthood and, and you celebrate her and have this, uh, you go to church and, and bless her. And then you have this big, fun party and, and celebrate her with all your family and friends. And so we had somebody who did like a quinceanera dance. And um, it was just really fun to be able to share our Hispanic culture with students at Darden. Awesome. Well, that, that sounds like a particularly memorable cold call. Um, Want to talk a little bit about your your first year experience. So you come to Darden, brand new uh, graduate business student. Uh, obviously, you've probably seen some of the curriculum before undergrad, but maybe not in the exact same kind of way. What was that first year uh, like? Yeah, the first year was, uh, I'll be honest, it was challenging. Um, but I think, you know, to your point, yes, I had seen a lot of this curriculum before. I had taken multiple accounting classes in undergrad, and yet I got to accounting on the first day of, of Darden, and I was like, what is a T account? I do not remember any of this from undergrad. And I think the big difference between my first year at Darden and my years at Notre Dame in the business school um, you're, when you get to your MBA, you're at a different point in life. Hopefully, you're going to your to get your MBA. You're choosing to take two years out of the workforce. You're spending a lot of money to get a top-notch education, but you're doing it because you're really serious about it and you really care about learning. And I think that's what really surprised me in my first year at Darden was just how much I learned and how much I pushed myself. And there were times where 
I wanted to to give up and just, you know, walk into class and pray that I didn't get the cold call and then just not take the time to learn the material. Um, but because I was just so incentivized to learn, like I came to Darden for a reason. I took time off of my career for a reason. It really just gives you that extra energy to push and to get outside of your comfort zone and, and to learn something that you just really didn't think you were capable of. Um, and so I think for me, the big takeaway coming out of my first year I kind of expected, okay, I'm going to spend my first year doing the core classes, taking all the business classes that I have to to take to kind of check the box and get my diploma. And then I'm going to switch to taking all the comfortable classes, the strategy classes, the communications classes, the leadership classes. Um, And instead, I found that I actually really love finance. Like this was a new way of thinking about finance. I had an incredible professor named Elena in my um, first year of, of finance. And she really like pushed me to gain my confidence and and to feel comfortable like asking questions and making sure that I really understood what I was learning. And then I got to, to Q4 and I was like, I think I want to take valuations, which is kind of an advanced level of, of finance. And now I find myself, you know, I want to take private equity and I'm in Elena's class yet again, taking private equity. And she's continuing to, to push me and really make sure that I am understanding the, the, the content and also feeling empowered to tailor my learning experience to what I need post Darden. Likely I'm I'm not going to be the person building out models. I'm probably not going to ever be like valuing a, a an early startup company in my role as a management consultant. But it's important that I know how how assumptions are baked into valuation so that, you know, if I am doing a due diligence project, maybe I'm not building the model, but I'm overseeing someone who is building the model and I can ask the right questions to make sure that they've baked in the right assumptions and they've, you know, pulled together the right historical information or comparable information. Um, And so I think that has been really helpful at Darden is just being able to, one, surprise myself with how much I, I learned, but two, recognize that like I'm in the driver's seat now and I chose to to come to Darden. I chose to invest in this. So it's up to me to decide like what I want to learn and what I want to take away from this. What section were you? I was in section E, section E, eels. All right. Do you have a favorite tradition or something you all did as a section uh, that you'd want to share with our listeners here? Um, yeah, great question. Gosh, um, one of our fun things that we do in Section E is we have what's called a, a champagne fund. Um, <laughs> so we make bets throughout the year and people bet money and, and send it to the champagne fund. And at the end of the year, we have a big party with all of the money that we've raised. Yes, of course, some champagne is bought, but we also buy you know plenty of non-alcoholic beverages. We had a bunch of food and, and cake. Um, and so it was a really fun celebration at the end of the year to celebrate our first year getting through core together but also kind of that transition into the second year and, and what kind of community we want to build for the incoming first years the, the following year. Um, and so it was just so fun throughout the year, all the silly bets that we placed to, to raise money. We had one class, for example, where um, every for every Beatles reference, Beatle, you know, the Beatles, um, for every reference to one of their songs that was made in one of our strategy classes, somebody would give, I don't know, a dollar or something. And so you know, people are going on these crazy tangents about this yellow submarine. And the professor is just like, what is going on here? And was so confused. And we're all giggling and, and knowing what's going on, but not trying to give it away. Um, and finally, she kind of caught on and was like, wait a second, is this a champagne bet? <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where, you know, you're in the, the same class with the same people every single day. 
it's it's a fun way to just kind of liven up the classroom experience and to kind of build community amongst ourselves, even during you know more serious situations when we're learning about some serious topics. That's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a little confusing to a faculty member just trying to figure out what. Yeah, I, I assume do they know? Are they typically in on the bets, or they don't know about it, and it's just between the students. So they know that the champagne fund exists. They're usually not in on the bets. Occasionally, they'll they'll mm-hmm. you know place a wager and and um, and join in. But um, for the most part, they don't know when a bet is going on. And so when somebody all of a sudden starts talking in a funny accent, the entire class they're like, "What is going on?" And then and then it'll click. And oh, this is a champagne fund thing. <laughs> so how did you spend uh, this past summer? Yeah, this past summer, I was in Washington, D.C., so kind of went back to what I, I now call home. Um, I, you know, I'm choosing now to, to live long term in the D.C. area, uh, but went back to D.C. and interned at Bain & Company this summer, um, got to work on a marketing project with a consumer beverage company, which was super exciting. It wasn't anything like I had ever done in my previous years of consulting, so that was cool to see an entirely new um, client uh, and, and industry, as well as a new capability. I had never done like marketing um, type of work. Um, so it was a really great experience for me to kind of broaden my toolkit as a consultant, um, but also just kind of reaffirmed that I made the right decision. Um, one, to continue down that consulting path, but two, to come to Darden as well. I was really able to put a lot of the the skills that I had learned in the classroom from my first year at Darden um, and into practice um, in my internship this summer. And so you come back for your second year. Um, as discussed, you're you're leading the consulting club. Is there are there any other activities uh, that you're involved with that you'd want to mention here? Yeah. So the other big thing that I'm involved with is uh, being a second year coach, which is kind of just a natural extension of me being the president of the consulting club, already doing a lot of coaching with our, our first year students who are interested in pursuing consulting. Um, and so as part of second year coach, it's, I think, an incredible program that, that Darden has that I don't think many other business schools have. Uh, but essentially, first years are paired with second year students who serve as kind of their informal or honestly formal career coach and help them to kind of one, figure out what are they even going to recruit for, help them kind of stay on track as they're going through the craziness of first year classes while also managing recruiting with like 10 plus companies at any given time. Um, But also it's a great way for us second years to really learn how to be managers. And um, I, I think for me, like I've really enjoyed the classes that we have to take as part of the second year coach program. We're taking classes on how to be a coach, how to ask open-ended questions, how to think about coaching versus advising. And so that for me has just been a tremendous growth opportunity. Um, I we recently we had class last Monday, and so on Sunday night I was doing the reading for it. It was all about you know how do you ask those open ended questions? And they gave an example um, from Ted Lasso actually, where um, somebody and and excuse me, I haven't watched Ted Lasso, so I don't know all the characters. But somebody asked Ted, "Do you play darts?" And that's a yes or no question. And so they know yes, he he plays darts, but they don't know anything about his ability to play darts or why he plays darts or, you know, does he do it often or is just a one-time thing? Um, And so it's kind of thinking about how else could you reframe that question? Maybe it's what got you into playing darts? And they would learn about his background and how he played darts with his his dad and and that, you know, kind of transfer or kind of influenced his his passion for for playing this um, these darts. 
Um, and so I went into one of my meetings with my coachee on Monday morning um, and kind of had that reading fresh in my mind and was able to start asking some of those questions. And it we completely put our agenda aside for the day. And we really just focused on like, what was he dealing with in that moment? What were some of the stresses that he had? What were some of the anxieties that were just keeping him up at night and, and, and really you know, putting a lot of weight on him. Um, and he texted me later that night and was like, wow, I really did not know that I needed that session, that I needed to talk through this, that I needed to hear your perspective on things and and think through like some of my answers to these big questions. Um, and so being able to see like right then and there in real time, getting that feedback that I really, I am learning a lot from this class. I am growing as a coach. It's really been, um, satisfying, but also it's exciting to see, you know, how am I going to then be able to apply that to my career post-Darden, knowing that consulting is very much an apprenticeship style career industry. And so I am going to be doing a lot of that coaching to help build out my my team and to build up more junior consultants. So um, it's definitely something that I'm excited about and, and excited to get to work with first years in a different capacity. Yeah, the, the knowledge transfer from second years to first years uh, through formal channels like career, like the second year coaches uh, while I'm working on careers uh, to just you know, clubs and organizations, as mentioned, or just kind of informally out there. Um, it's a very real part of the Darden experience. It is. I mean, to that point, Brett, it is incredible how student run Darden is. Um, when I kind of stepped into the role of uh, president of consulting club, we, we hold elections in the spring. Um, and so I think it was maybe by like March that I knew that I was going to be the president and was meeting on a weekly basis with the outgoing president because so much of what this club does. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, we're serving a very large portion of the student body. Uh, but so much of what we do is just passed down from club leader to club leader. And so it was a really big transition period. We were going through all of the ins and outs of all of the different activities, what goes into planning all of those activities, what were some of the lessons learned that she learned from her role that she wants to pass down to me so we can incorporate them. Um, and so it's, I mean, it feels like a full-time position being a, a leader at this, this school. Um, but I know, you know, I'm doing it because I am just so passionate about serving students in this way and using my skills to pass down knowledge um, it, through these these channels and, and hopefully kind of help to institutionalize it throughout the years as, you know, we all move on um, from Darden and on to bigger things. Yeah, it's a tradition of student self-governance, students really owning the extracurricular space um, at the university, Darden included. Uh, it's very much a very much a UVA thing. Um, it's a good consulting club. All these clubs are great, great example of that. Um, just how much they do. Did you know that you wanted to be the president of the consulting club? Is that something that you like? Maybe as you got involved with the club organization, that you knew that was something you wanted to do. You know, it's funny that you say that. When I first came to Darden, I was like, I need to start learning how to say no to things. I need to stop taking on so much responsibility. And I was like, you know, business school might be my two years that I just kind of coast and I don't really run for any leadership positions. And I just, you know, enjoy being a member of the wine and cuisine club and the racket sports club. Um, but of course, that just wasn't my, <laughs> that's not who I am. I get energized by, by serving. Um, and so for me, you know, I didn't necessarily walk into Darden knowing I wanted to be the president of the consulting club. But I think what became very clear to me was that from feedback from my peers, especially peers in my my section from first year core, um, they really kind of reemphasize like you have a strength in this field. Like you 
you really know what you're doing as a consultant. We see it every day in the classroom because we're constantly problem solving with the case method. And people kind of encouraged me like this, this is kind of probably the best way that you can give back to the school. Obviously, we think you're going to run for something. It's the the type of person you are. You're, you're a leader. Uh, but that's kind of probably going to be where you can best focus your, your efforts. Um, so to get that that kind of encouragement and to to get some of that validation to know, you know, yeah, it's something I'm passionate about. And I think I'm good at it, but I'm not really sure what other people think about it. So to get that affirmation from my classmates, I think really helped me decide um, what to run for. You mentioned you're taking seven classes right now. Um, is there a class you want to mention that you're really enjoying or something that surprised you uh, from your elective slate? Gosh, yes. Um, there's so many. It's like, which one do I even <laughs> choose from and talk about? Um, you know, one of my classes that I really love, it's a new class that just um, started, I think, last year. Um, it started by Professor uh, Allison Elias, and uh, it's called Women, Gender, and Workplace. And um, it, it's a class. First, it's a class of mostly women. There's a few men in the, the classroom, but it's been an incredible opportunity to really talk about what the workplace looks like and how that differs based off of your identity. And um, we've gotten to read a lot of amazing cases about these amazing females and how their identity, their background, how that has kind of influenced the type of leader that they are today. And as part of our kind of capstone project or our final project for this class, we're getting to interview a female Darden alum and write a mini case on that that woman and talk about maybe a, a pivotal point in her career in which she's had to make a big decision and kind of how that plays out in her life. Um, So I'm really excited about that class just in the sense that you don't really talk about gender in the workplace. You know, there's a few cases in our our LO class, um, leadership and organization, I think is what LO stands for uh, during core. Um, There's a few cases that touch on gender and and how that plays out in the, the workplace. But to be able to just talk about that in a room full of these incredible women and to be able to share our personal experiences. Um, It's just been a really moving class. And it's one that I would encourage not just women to take, but really, you know, men to take. Think about like how men and honestly women as well, like how we can be better allies for each other and and for people who have different identities and what it means to be female identifying or or woman identifying in, in the workplace. I'm excited to share that Allison will be coming on the podcast to talk more about uh, her background, her story, but also this class uh, in the coming weeks. So very much okay. looking, looking forward to that. Um, what are you looking forward to in the in the coming months? Yeah. Oh, gosh. In the coming months, I mean, one, I just can't believe I know this this second year is going to fly by. It already is is flying by. Um, so really wanting to make the most out of my time here living in Charlottesville. I'm really excited for Thanksgiving last year. Um, it, it was too quick of a turnaround for me to go back to California and, and get back in time for classes. And so um, I, I stayed here and, and didn't do any big Thanksgiving celebrations. Um, but I'm really excited this year. My parents are both now retired, so they're going to come out here for a week to do Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, excited to kind of show them around Charlottesville. Uh, excited to take them to the UVA versus Virginia Tech football game and, and see a you know big rivalry game. Um, so really excited about that and, and excited to have my family here for graduation in May to show them, you know, the place I've called home for the past two years. But I think the other big thing is again, just taking advantage of being here in Charlottesville, checking off some of my restaurant bucket list items while I'm in Charlottesville, um, going a little bit outside of my comfort zone and getting out in the outdoors and, and doing some of the incredible hikes that the, the nearby area has to offer. Um, so I, I really am just 
excited to make the most of these two these this last year and and hope that I can make time for um you know just getting to be a member of this broader Charlottesville community while while I'm here. What's one restaurant that's still on your restaurant bucket list? Oh gosh, there are so many. Um I think a big one that I really want to go to is Con Mole. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um so I think it's relatively new-ish in the past few years, maybe like right before COVID, they might have opened. But it is um, a restaurant that has a bunch of different mole dishes. So mole is like a Mexican um, dark sauce, essentially, that it's often paired with chicken. Like chicken mole is one of my favorite dishes. Uh, But they put it on like everything. And so there's all kinds of different dishes that you can try. So I've heard amazing things about it, um, given the fact that mole is one of my favorite dishes. Um, I'm not a really great cook, so I don't always get to eat the the Mexican food that I love because I I don't really know how to cook it and I'm not good at cooking it. <laughs> um, and living in DC, we uh, before Darden, um, we don't have a ton of Mexican restaurants in DC. So um, getting to be in a place where we do have a lot of different Mexican uh, influence type of, of restaurants, I'm really excited to to try that one out and get to taste one of my favorite dishes. Well, our listeners, uh, you know, talking about restaurants on the on the podcast may not be the most exciting thing, but I always think like just a little bit for a little bit of flavor about the local communities, maybe something to check out when people come here to visit. Hopefully they will come to visit. You know, Charlottesville is an incredible place to spend a day or two or a weekend and um, so many great places to eat, so many things to see. So um, thank you for indulging that question. It's also like an important thing to discuss because you know, many people who are considering Darden who aren't really sure, you know, do I want to live in Charlottesville? I think the restaurant scene is a huge part of, of life in, in Charlottesville. And um, it has definitely, you know, been a fun, a fun way to kind of explore the city and, and get to meet new friends and, um, you know, go out with different Darden people who are interested in also trying all the different restaurants. Well, Victoria, last question for you. What's a piece of advice you would share with our listeners? Something you would encourage them to think about as they as they consider their own MBA journeys? Yeah. I think Brett, it kind of goes back to, you know, the the decision and how I made my decision to come to Darden. You know, I'd recommend you really think about what network and community do you want to be a part of for the rest of your life? You know, there's a lot of business schools out there that are going to offer a way bigger network because they've been around longer and they have bigger class sizes every year. But does that network really mean anything if people aren't going to pick up the phone when you call them? Or does it really mean anything if you're, you know, somebody high up in your company went to that school, but isn't doing anything to kind of advocate for you and be a sponsor for you? Um, So I think it's really important that you know, don't just look at the rankings. Don't just look at the the number of graduates at the school, or you know, the where the high concentration of 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 people are living. Um, really think about like who are the the people that I want to be connected to for the rest of my life. What is the community that I want to identify with? Um, and and hopefully that helps you make a decision that isn't just a two-year decision isn't just one that looks shiny on paper, but is one that's really going to be lasting and, and something that you're proud of for the rest of your life. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so much fun talking with you. Good luck with all the exciting things that you have going with the Consulting Club. It's a busy time, I know, but thank you so much for carving out some time for the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Brett. I really appreciate it. And that was my interview with Victoria Velasquez, second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.